Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. They're going to come down and arrest him. Uh uh-uh. uh. And we left you. We drove around the block and walked back to the ship. The cook tells us he hasn't been ashore all day. Well, he's lying. Says he hardly ever goes ashore. Hates land. Weighs a shade over 300 and has trouble getting around. 300? Oh, no. Oh, yeah. So we start down the gangway going to look for you. But you save us the trouble. There's a scream farther out on the pier and then someone running. We get out and find a stoolie named Weasel lying dead and you unconscious. Then we find Victor Gross' identification papers on you. I got them from the weasel. He lifted them from the dead man. Oh, yeah. yeah. Look, Dykes, you got it all wrong. Gross committed suicide. You don't boil, Shane. The knots in the rope and some of the bruises on Gross's neck told us it was no suicide. It was murder. He was strangled. Well, about that time, I was willing to sell my social security number very cheap. Two murders with me sitting in the chief suspect's chair on both of them. I guess it was a little after one in the morning when my cell door opened and clanged shut again. I looked up. Inspector Lefevre was standing there. Shane. Hello, Inspector. Let's talk. Why, it's been a losing game for me so far. Seems to be quite a case against you. Yeah, according to just about everybody but me. Look, Inspector, I didn't kill Gross. I didn't lift his papers, and I didn't kill the weasel. That might be kind of hard to prove. About the weasel, that is. Well, maybe somebody will tell me how I managed to slit his throat, get rid of the knife, and then knock myself out. Mm-hmm. You could have managed it. Okay, okay. But I don't think you did. But what? No, I don't think you killed the weasel, and I'm pretty sure you didn't kill Victor Gross. Well, well, what do you think I've been trying to tell you, boys, all night? Yeah. You know, Shane... The passenger was choked to death. We identified him. He is not Victor Groves. He's not Groves? Mm-hmm. Well, then... Then it adds up why Weasel was killed. Because the real Victor Groves found out Weasel had lifted the papers from the dead man and thought Weasel still had them. Could have been that way. It has to be that way, Inspector. Look, Victor Groves knows you're out to get him, so he gets a drifter from the waterfront into that stateroom on the tram steamer. He kills the guy, plants his own papers on him, strings him up to make it look like suicide, and then he... Hey... Wait a minute, that little guy who brought me the hundred said he was a ship's cook. He must have been the real Victor Gross. That's the way it's beginning to look, Sheen. He wants you to come down, discover the body. Then everybody thinks Gross committed suicide, the case is closed, and the pressure's off the real Gross. That little guy. Who would have ever figured that he... I can't even remember much what he looked like. Try to remember, will you? Yeah, but I I wasn't paying much attention. I remember he was very small. What about the face? Thin face. Straight nose, dark eyes. That's about it. Not enough. It's the best I can do. All right. 
We're releasing you, Shane. Well, I won't say it's about time, Inspector, but it is about time. I... Hey, wait a minute. Hmm? Anyone besides the police force know that the dead passenger has been identified as someone other than Gross? No. That's what I thought. And something else. Does anyone know I've been arrested and don't have Gross's papers on me anymore? Nobody outside knows that. Thanks a lot. I'll stay here. Mm-mm. We're letting you go. I like it here all of a sudden. You can't stay here. Sir. Look, I know what you've been leading up to. As far as Gross is concerned, I've still got the papers. Mm-hmm. You think I'm going to walk the streets of New Orleans waiting for him to make a pass at me? We do. Uh-huh. Get yourself another boy. This one just quit. One of our boys will tell you he'll grab Gross if Gross comes after you. Look, Inspector, you don't know what you're asking me to do. You're wrong there, Shane. I know just what I'm asking you to do. Make a target out of yourself. You know why? I don't care why. I'm not going to... Because go- a killer's still running around loose. A killer nobody can identify. And he'll strike again soon because he guns not only for hire but for pleasure. He's vicious. He's got to be stopped. And this is one way that might work. Now, how about it? Look, Inspector, you and your boys have been giving me a rough time. You throw me in the clink, you... Okay, I'll do it. <laughs> This ought to do, Shane. Sure, thanks. One place is as good as another. You got it straight now. Too straight. And to go back to my office building and start out alone, on foot. Right. Keep away from crowds and keep away from the brightly lit streets. Oh, fine. What am I supposed to do, roost in a dark alley somewhere? Just keep away from the bright lights. And get this. When you leave your office building, walk south the block. Then go any direction you want, because that's the point our boy will start tailing you from. One block south of your office. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, just one more thing. What is it? Good luck. I found an all-night cab stand and grabbed a taxi back to my office building. Just as I was going to start walking, a woman came out of the building and crossed the street. A short woman. And then as I stood there watching her, it dawned on me. As I turned north in sort of a daze, I was realizing my job was just twice as tough as I'd thought. Because it had just hit me that Victor Gross was plenty small enough to pass for a woman. By the time I digested that pleasant thought, I realized I was about a block and a half from my office. I slowed down, looked around. Streets were pretty deserted. I spotted the car as soon as it turned the corner and came toward me very slowly. I stopped. The car kept coming. I was hoping Inspector Lefebvre's boy was awfully close and ready. And the car was slowing still more. It got opposite me and it stopped. The window toward me started rolling down, but I couldn't see inside, so I waited and then... Hey, Spud, how do I get to St. Louis Street from here? I told him. Stood there watching him drive away. Took out my handkerchief and mopped my face a little. Then I started walking again. A little lady with a tray of flowers had been standing in the entrance of a bar started crossing a narrow street toward me. I stopped. She had a shawl over her head and she was short. I stood there and watched as she came up to me. A flower, monsieur? A flower for your lapel, perhaps? Yeah, yeah, sure. You're working late tonight. Oh, we oui, I always work late. Here, a nice carnation. Okay, thanks, here. Yeah. Oh, merci, monsieur. Oh, but monsieur, it is too much. Monsieur! But I was already around the corner. I didn't somehow care about staying in one place too long. The thing was getting to me a little. It seemed like all the inhabitants of New Orleans that I'd seen in the last half hour had shrunk about six inches suddenly. Like 
Like the guy coming down the sidewalk toby right now. I couldn't tell where he'd come from. He was just suddenly there. I was right near the mouth of an alley, and for a minute I was tempted to dive into it. But I just stood there waiting. He was taking his time, like the other people I'd waited for. I, I couldn't see his face. It was pretty close now. For the third time, I was hoping the fever's boy had the situation well in hand. And then the guy was right in front of me. Hey, pal. Happen to have a light on you? I still couldn't see his face. I couldn't tell from his voice. I took a match out of my pocket. I held it out and scratched it with my thumbnail. A little flame squirted up and outlined his face. It was a wrong face. It didn't belong to Victor Groves. The guy puffed a couple of times on a cigarette. Frank Moon walked off. I leaned against the building for a minute. I was having that let down feeling of relief again. So when I heard the dog whimpering with pain in the alley behind me, I didn't even hesitate. I walked into the alley. As soon as I did, I realized it was no dog. It never had been. It was just a little too late, though. A hand shot around my throat. I could feel the point of a knife in my ribs. And there was a soft voice in my ear. Well, Mr. Shane, we meet again, don't we? In a moment, we'll be back with a thrilling climax to tonight's Michael Shane adventure. told me I wasn't supposed to say anything. Victor Gross had gotten to me at last. Inspector Lefebvre's boy was nowhere in sight. Now, Mr. Shane, the identification papers, please. I don't have them on me, Victor. Please. I have very little time. I tell you, I don't have them on me. They're not in your office. I have searched it thoroughly. You do not have them on you. So I have wasted my time following you. But uh, perhaps it will not be entirely a waste of time, Mr. Shane. What do you mean? Simply that under the circumstances, I fortunately have no other alternative but to dispose of you. Oh, look. Uh, Quiet. I had heard the scuffling steps a second or two before. I was hoping Gross hadn't heard them, but he had. I just stood there in the alley, and I knew if I made a single sound, I'd get that knife, all six inches of it. The steps came nearer to the mouth of the alley, and they turned into the alley. Then a little figure loomed up in front of us. The scream pulled Gross's eyes off me just long enough. I swung my elbow back hard. I was lucky. The knife went flying across the alley. Then I got hold of one of those fingers that were wrapped around my throat. I put everything I had into it. It was just enough. The fingers snapped and my hand fell away and I swung my fist hard. Victor Gross bounced off the wall and flopped to the ground and lay still. Just then a flashlight stabbed into the alley. A big guy followed it in. It was a famous boy. So everything was okay. And then, then I remembered the little old woman. She was cowering over on one side of the alley. Trembling, I went over to her. It was a flower lady. Of all the people I was expecting, you weren't the one. But I was following you. I saw you enter the alley from down the block. Yeah, but why? You would not stop. I called to you. You gave me too much money, monsieur. What are you talking about? I gave you a buck and told you to keep but the change. But I just did, monsieur. It was not one dollar. It was a hundred dollar bill. What? I knew you had made a mistake. I had to return it to you. Well, well I'll... <laughs> you know that it's quite a nice touch. 
Cross is out hundred buck bill. It's the thing that traps him. What, monsieur? Uh, nothing, nothing. Look, do my favor. Keep the dog, will you? I kind of think you want it. Well, that was just about that. Except I had a bone to pick with Inspector Lefebvre. Later in his office, I brought it up. You know, that plain clothesman of yours who was supposed to be tailing me, Inspector, he wasn't exactly Johnny on the spot. I was beginning to think he'd never show up. He almost didn't, but it wasn't his fault. He was lucky to find you at all. What do you mean? You remember what your instructions were about leaving your office tonight? Yeah, I was to walk south a block, and your boy would start telling me from there. Right. You uh, maybe had a lot on your mind when you left your office, Carl? Yeah, I'll say. I just realized Groves might be disguised as a woman, I guess. It... Oh, no. Oh, yeah. I... I... You walked north instead of south. <laughs> you, you mean all the time your, your boy wasn't even close? That's right. You were all alone. Uh, Inspector, hmm? you uh, know where I could get a good compass? Cheap. This is your director, Bill Russo, again. Our story is based on characters created by Brett Halliday. The music is composed and conducted by John Duffy... And Michael Shane is portrayed by Jeff Chandler. The New Adventures of Michael Shane is a Don W. Sharp production, transcribed in Hollywood and distributed exclusively by the Broadcasters Guild. Next week, you'll hear Michael Shane in another thrilling adventure from mysterious and colorful New Orleans.